the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Monday. Make me believe Monday. Got that segment coming up. I can't wait to see it. It's getting hard to tell what is a conspiracy theory as opposed to our reality as we live in the collapse of America, as we live in a totalitarian rise of the Fourth Reich, calling itself the Democrat Party. So I saw something today, and I'm sure we've all seen this, but it bothered me today. And I'll tell you why it bothered me. She looked like a wonderful old woman, and she was in the car next to me on my way to the studio. And she had on the plastic gloves and she had two masks on and she was probably in her 70s, give or take. And she with sunglasses on and the windows up, just afraid, afraid of everything. And it, 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 I don't know if I, where I heard it, but I remember uh, a long time ago reading or hearing for every man to become a hero, the snake must become a dragon. And it really hit home with what we're going through, the, the COVID-19 vaccine. I mean, virus, excuse me. And then the vaccine, by the way, uh, information is on the front page of Drudge. Not that I look at Drudge. It was on Reuters. Antibodies from Sinovac's COVID-19 shot fades after about six months. They they don't know what the vaccine is going to do. They got no idea. They're selling this load of dung to a bunch of scared, scared people who want to be made to feel comfortable And that everything's going to be okay. And how did they do this? They elected the slimiest roaches and rat in American politics for half a century. I don't just mean Biden. He's the king rat. I mean all of the slimy roaches. Schumer was uh, at a fundraiser. Did you hear what he said today? You probably asked yourself the same question I asked myself. How could 74 million people vote for such a despicable human being as Donald Trump? And I don't care if you're a liberal or a conservative, a Democrat or Republican. He is a vile man. He is dishonest. He is divisive. That's what he loves to do, just divide people fighting with each other. And if this was an award show for liars and divisive frauds, Chuck Schumer would definitely be presenting the Medal of Honor. But the reason I wanted to play that clip is to let you know the mindset of the people in charge. They loathe you. You are not deserving of your own freedoms and choices. Step one, this is how they think of the Trump voter and the non-American Marxist. So now all bets are off. Anything can happen from this point because the people in charge think you're an idiot. They think you're scum. And the only thing you need is for them to control you. So that's where it starts. Now, you could apply that to your money. You could apply that to your life. And that's what we're living through in the COVID-19. That's why you do not have a right to your life. You don't have a right to your opinion. So they they will coerce you. They will intimidate you. They will extort you. But moreover, they are going to make it clear. You do not have the right to your own opinion in anything anymore. Um, Dr. Fauci said yesterday that uh, recommending that the vaccinated wear masks is under active consideration. I was wondering where do things stand with that conversation? Uh, and then also COVID-related, considering that the administration is not moving at the moment to lift the restrictions on travel uh, because of the Delta variant, is the administration wearing broader recommendations on telling Americans? Um, and I know there are some places like the U.K., but don't go. Well, first, I would say for any of these recommendations, we are always going to be guided by our North Star, and that is the CDC and our health and medical experts. The CDC is full of bureaucrats, political whores who have an allegiance to a political party. This is pseudoscience for sale. 
This is about control. So COVID, the masks, and the vaccine. This is the crowbar that will beat you into submission, where you do not have a right to divert your opinion from theirs. That's the broader point. Now, how can that possibly be in a country established on principles? Schumer told you in the first clip. How in the world could people vote for a guy like Donald Trump and principles that Donald Trump stood for? They are loathsome. They are roaches. They are divisive. So now they're in power and they are going to use and abuse it. Because the Fauci that we're talking about is such a bureaucrat that would live in this government, this wretched scheme of a government that has been wrong, yet refusing to admit it's wrong. This government took one year, if I'm kind, out of your life and every life in this country. Now, some profited from the scheme and the scam as most will, from government tyranny and government abuse. So they've profited, but the the majority of you have not. Yet you have all been under the control. You have all been placed under house arrest and forever had your futures, the, the trajectory changed. Now, hopefully it's good, but it's probably not. In the meantime, the ramifications of that are your legacy. Your kids are less wealthy. Your kids are less free. And that's okay with them. Because the idea that you were able to push back against this feeble fascist lowlife in government for 50 years and a walking punchline like Joe Biden is is the problem. The fact that you would even have the audacity to vote against him now means we just have to figure out ways to control you and moreover, your kids. According to the CDC, 57 percent of those eligible Uh, are fully vaccinated in uh, the United States. Now, given those percentages and the vigor of the Delta variant, what more does the administration need to to be doing right now? Well, it was great to see in the town hall last night that President Biden is not willing to quit, not willing to leave any American behind, and willing to continue to make the case. Now, it's going to take more than him to make the case. It's going to take getting very about particularly younger people, people under 25. I think we, as they return to school, presuming we have full FDA approval, we should be we should be really seriously considering whether schools, workplaces, government agencies ought to be talking about saying, hey, if you're coming here, you need to be vaccinated. And if you're not, you need to show you've got a negative test every single day. And then we need to just get better information to people. And as the So now what you've done, to my opinion, is You've tainted whatever FDA recommendation you get, because that's another bureaucracy of which you want me to pretend is not attached to the overarching tyranny of the Fourth Reich in control. It is just another bureaucracy loaded with people. Most of those people are Democrats. Most of those people benefit from a government in absolute and total control. So you've you've actually taken the credibility I was willing to give you And you've destroyed it even further because I never forgot the first thing, the first notion. You don't think I'm deserving of my own opinion, of my own freedom anyway. I'm one of those 74 million people who voted for Trump. So screw me, right? I mean, that's that's the overarching point, because you have right now this should be on the front page of every news. It should be leading on CNN and all the rest of the propagandists. Sinovac's covid vaccine fades after six months. Now, I know you don't want to tell me about the people that are sick. I know you don't want to tell me about the people that are dead. I know you don't want to tell me about the people that got the virus after the double vaccine. I know you cannot admit you're wrong. Because if you would, you would abandon all policies you're now jamming down our throat. All. So what's coming in the future is very simple. You will be forced to wear a mask again very shortly. When it gets cold outside, fall at the latest. You will be shut down again very shortly. That is the reason these butter-handed fascist scum like Pritzker signed their executive order and extended even further. That is the reason they don't want to give you the numbers of the breakout. Moreover, they don't want you to have the perspective of exactly how many people by their very CDC numbers have died in conjunction by the virus itself without pre-existing conditions. They furthermore don't want you to know all the people that got the the, the, uh, COVID. Do you know what the number is? It's 10 percent of the population. So for 10 percent of the population, you've shut everything down and you're willing to do it again. Which is the broader point. What is your obligation to your fellow man? 
Do you live for others, especially when those others have declared you scum? They have declared you less than them. You probably asked yourself the same question I asked myself. How could 74 million people vote for such a despicable human being as Donald Trump? And I don't care if you're a liberal or a conservative, a Democrat or Republican. He is a vile man. As opposed to Fauci, the government whore, scum, who came on national TV and apparently lied to everybody. There's a lot of confusion among people and misinformation surrounding face masks. Can you discuss that? The masks are important for someone who's infected to prevent them from infecting someone else. Now, when you see people and look at the films in China and South Korea, whatever, everybody's wearing a mask. Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. You're sure of it, because people are listening really no, closely to this. Uh, right now, people should not be walking. There's no reason to be walking around with a mask. When you're in the middle of an outbreak, wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better, and it might even block a, a droplet, but it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. And often, there are unintended consequences. People keep fiddling with the mask and they keep touching their face. And can you get some schmutz sort of staying inside there? Of course, of course. But when you think masks, you should think of healthcare providers needing them and people who are ill. Now, the virus itself is 3,000 times smaller than the mask is designed to prevent. He knew that then. He wasn't lying then. He was telling you the truth. Now he understands what the mask is. He understands what the shutdown is. He understands the perspective of how inefficient this virus is at actually killing people who are healthy. He understands how inefficient it is at attacking young people. He understands all of it. But he thinks just like Schumer did. You're too stupid for your own freedom. That is their enemy. Not COVID. They will lie and they will cheat and they will steal because they have contempt for you. Just like the transgendering barista with three rings in their nose that don't know Tuesday from July yet want to rewrite society. This is the arrogance and the audacity of fascism, of communism, of the Fourth Reich. 312-642-5600. No wonder he said he was sorry before the segment. You're breaking my mojo. Although, are you trying to calm me down? Take him away downtown. Man, what a Steve Cortez song that was. Pathetic. So believe it or not, I was going to celebrate the fact that I was right and the $4.5 trillion payoff my campaign contributors slash infrastructure bill is back and it will pass to some extent. They will mandate it. But I wanted to explain why you've been inundated with the fear mongering. Why it will continue and why absolutely the virus has adapted and overcome. It was created to do so, but you'll never know that because they're not going to let you see the investigation that you paid for. After all, you, you voted for Trump. You don't deserve to see that, but you do deserve to pay taxes. You do deserve to listen to what they say at the tip of a spear called a regulation or a law. FDA makes this final approval. All the people that have been on the fence, and there are some people that are still on the fence, we need to take the case to them and say, the jury is in. The FDA has done rigorous work. They've taken a long time, a very long time. Listen to what he's really saying. You are going to get that approval BS in the face of its very failure, in the face of the people getting sick, both from the vaccine and in spite of the vaccine. In the face of the tests that prove after six months it's gone anyway. Yet some of the complications it created may never be gone. Now they're going to give you the, don't worry, the FDA said it's okay. Well, why wouldn't they? They will step and fetch to the authority that pays them. And now it's time for you to review this information and make the right decision. I mean, just so I'm clear, employers are allowed to decide everybody who works here has to be vaccinated, right? Absolutely. And and look, if people say they don't want to be vaccinated, which some people might say, I think it's perfectly reasonable to say that's fine. But we'd like you to show up every morning, an hour before work and get a negative test, maybe even at your own expense. Um, so and- why go to work? 
So why go to work? Then go to work for somebody who doesn't require it. See, this is the this is the balkanization and the division that is in the future. Let's just cut to the chase, baby. Give me the states that believe in American principles. You take the sewer, the bankrupt scum you already you already created. You could have them. See, that's what has to happen. There's going to be no romanticism of us winning a war or, 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 or the, the tyrants giving up their power. It's not happening. It's just whether they choose to implement it on you. Or maybe you could have that Chicago short-in-the-pants Irish mafia clout where you got a guy, right? You operate in the system. Makes me sick to my stomach. You know, and I grew up in a town that was a Democrat hub of corruption. But every single one of those guys in private would talk about capitalism and freedom. Yet when it came time to vote, you know what they did? They put the name of the guy that gave them their job on top. And then they put like uh, Kathy Willis, that fitness instructor for Mike Madigan. And guess what every capitalist in that Democrat neighborhood did? They voted Democrat. Step and fetch, boys. All the tough guys, the disgrace. And that's how you got here, and that's how you're going to stay here. And that's how you end up in your house, and your kid ends up with a mask on and a, and a, and a thing in his arm you'd never put in there. Morons. Bill in Hinsdale. Hey, Sean, no one fires on anyone better than you, and I love, I caught you firing on Chuck Schumer. I mean, what a rat. Like a professional. What a professional what a rat, rat. Yeah. He even looks Sean, like a gargoyle. Six months into this, and, and you're still talking about Donald Trump at a luncheon, and wh- why don't you talk about the accomplishments that they haven't even done? And you know what? It's it's so refreshing listening to a guy like yourself, but what has Chuck Schumer done in his life but whine and moan and complain think about and, and this, do though. nothing? Think about, think about the fun he's had pretending to be a, a, a politician. He's never worked a day in his rat life, never a day. Yet he's amassed a personal fortune of who knows what. He's been, in, he's been practicing the same kind of trading techniques as Pelosi and her husband and all the rest of them. They've been shaking down anybody that wanted to do business in their district like Donald Trump. My favorite part about this clip is most of these moron Marxists that would vote for this piece of garbage, most of them don't understand he was Trump's step and fetch. He was Trump's monkey. Trump used to give him money, and Chuck Schumer would get it done because he is a political whore. And for enough money, he'll eat a banana and dump a fruit salad. Thanks for the call, Bill. Rat son of a dog. And these are the people that the Democrats, the butter-handed, sexually frustrated dweebs who are mad at everybody who is able to make a little more money than they are, these are the people they vote for. Because any vehicle, any weapon that they can utilize against their fellow citizen is the goal. And by the way, the irony here is now they're asking you to put a mask on your face to protect them. It is the age of the coward. That's how this century should be really described to to people in the future. This was the age of cowardice. It's a disgrace what the hell's going on here. Liz in Orland Park. Hi, Liz. Hi, Sean. Thanks. Thanks so much. Um, You know, I really appreciate you being the voice of reason and common sense. I am grateful that I live in Orland Park and we have an awesome mayor, Mayor Pico. And, you know, he stood up for the businesses and the citizens of Orland. Um, But right now we're waiting on my son's high school to make a decision on masking, whether it's going to be optional or not. When my son had his physical in May, our, our family physician, who wears a mask in his practice because he, he must in the medical setting as required by the CDC or mandated, I, I don't know the difference, but he said he is against the vaccine for young, healthy um, teenagers. Well, he better be careful. He doesn't have some problems with his license in the near future. Or maybe I, there's an audit exactly. from the state of Illinois in his future. I got a few of those letters myself. They're a lot of fun. So that's the problem, Liz. And, and, and thank God you have that relationship where he can be honest with you. And that is why, you know the answer, Liz, and I'm dead serious. I almost wish to God I could go back in time and I'm not having fun in the teenagers. But if I could change one thing, I'd break the backs of all these schools. I'd take my kids out of school. How dare they have the audacity to put a mask on my kid and a vaccine in his arm for their fat derriere and their protection. That's what these teachers care about. They could give a rip about your kid. And if you think I'm wrong, take a look at what happened in Chicago. Those are all kids. They don't give a rip about the kids. Thank you very much, Liz. Of course, I mean the 80-20 rule. Maybe. 
Maybe there's 20% that are good people. Maybe. But until they prove it to me, they're all like Sharky and the rest of the Marxist mafia. 312-642-5600. It was the old lady. Push me over the edge. It was the old lady. I saw her and I thought to myself, my God, she probably lived her whole life and content and happy and proud to be an American. And look at how she's going to go out. Gloves on. Two masks. And you realize this is what they've done to all society, in particular the young people. Illinois has implemented a system, per the Illinois Policy Institute I was reading this weekend, where a a father of one receives benefits from the government the equivalent of $51,284, whereas the minimum or the the median income is $55,000. So you make $4,000 less for being a couch slob. Why wouldn't you? I mean, I understand it entices you into being a sloth. But what that does is it turns you into a slave. And you you give it up. You willingly go into it. And I get it. For most people, it is a logical decision. And the government has successfully usurped your Americanism. Your pride forever turned you into that step and fetch. Whereas one day you'll be the old lady driving around with your gloves on and your masks, hoping that a bunch of professional liars... Chuck Schumer, Joe Biden. And yes, I heard the clip. And I don't I disagree. I don't think he says, well, somebody. My butt's been wiped. It's not. I think he says my butt's been wiped. I don't think he said it. Somebody wipe it. I could be wrong, though. This is this is who you got in charge. This 80 year old moron. So when Chuck Schumer says, how could you vote for for Trump? He's a liar. Well, this guy's worse than a liar. He's an he's unfit to be in the office. I am so glad I revoked my consent to be governed by this piece of garbage. All right, let's go to the phone lines. You're all on hold. Joe Dundee. Hey, Sean. Yeah, I wipe my butt. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's it, 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 he's, uh, yeah. it's an embarrassment, dude. It's so rough. So, you know, before I, I, I let you get to your spot, let me tell you this. He is celebrating. Now the left is going to celebrate him because he says he's pulling troops out of Iraq, which George W. Bush should have done, number one. They should have never been there. But, but they're going to negate the fact he bombed Somalia last week. This, this moron. Now, he doesn't know it because, you know, he's just the puppet on a string. But it's a shame what's going to happen here. They are they are outflanking us through propaganda and misdirection and misinformation. You know, there is no tomorrow, brother. But go ahead. My comment is that Jen Peppermint Patty Pisecki, uh, you know, yeah. That's, I mean, that's not we, bad, but I still say peppy livestocking. Go ahead. Yeah. And when Biden got elected, you know, April Ryan and Caitlin Collins were like jumping out of their seat, you know, yeah. uh, where is the room for the conservative news in their gaggle? You know, I mean, they don't you get like one question. It was all the other side when when Trump was in. I mean, they tortured them. Joe, if this media, if this media subscribed to the idea of reporting news and pertinent information to the American people, I honestly believe that 60% of the sitting politicians would not only not be in office, I think they'd be in jail. But this is not what they're doing because this is not where their bread is buttered. I will never forget years ago looking at the, the Chicago Mafia and how it was orchestrated by, by you know an alderman, a state rep. How did this little tiny Mafia member unattractive, not a tough guy. How did he become the most powerful gangster in the world, Mike Madigan? And the answer is the media. They enabled him to do that. They cozied up with him, and it was more important for them to get their daughters and their sons' jobs and for them to feel like they were doing their job rather than doing their job. Never forget, Andy Shaw, and he's supposed to be on our side. His daughter graduates college. Who does she go work for? Barack Obama in the White House right out of college. Well, Gee, that seems weird. Why would you governor. put why would you put Andy Shaw's daughter right out of college? She goes to work at the White House? Hmm. So if you had reporters, that would have been a story that more than a handful of people know because they were news junkies like myself. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate it. I mean the whole thing. From Lisa Madigan to all of it. You got all of these kids. All of their kids are lobbyists, their brothers are lobbyists on the other side. It's all because the press spun it and lied about it and refused to report it. Same thing with the, with the stock options. You know, Microsoft is going to announce, I think it's today or tomorrow. How many politicians know that there's going to be contracts? That the, They know everything. How many have bought calls on very targeted stocks during earning seasons? 
You think there were, do you think there's one reporter, one, on a mainstream newscast that's going to report any of it? The answer is no. Greg in LaGrange. How are you, Sean? Very good. How are you? I'm measured, uh, and I'll be measured. And hopefully someday we can meet somewhere where I don't have to be as measured. But (laughs) I think it's very important to remember exactly how we got here, who put us here, and the institutions that helped get us into this position. And I agree with you 100% about the schools. There is no way in the world you can sell me that they don't know what decision they're going to make and they're going to wait and that they're contemplating it. They know what decision they're going to make. They're going to spring it on you in the last, at the last minute when you have to make a split-second choice. All I know is this, is that you need to fight for the values and the principles that brought America to its zenith. And yeah. you need to keep doing it. And you may have to break at certain points to conform, but you need to be here to be here for your kids and for your relatives and to push on the idea of what made America at one time the greatest country in the world. At a very yeah, but you're talking you're talking 135, 145 years ago when it was at its principal base of what American principles are. So, you know, you have to be specific, Greg, number one. Number two, thank you for the call. Number number three, you got here because of the Republican Party. You you've always had collectivists and Marxists, communists. They've always been among us. They didn't get to power for any other reason than there was very little opposition to them because the Republicans understood that old gangster narrative. Cut me in or or cut it out. Cut me in or cut it out. And that's how you get the Cheneys and the Kinzingers and the rest of them. They're cut in. See? You didn't think I was going to talk about Kinzinger on the January 6th. No kidding, because Kinzinger doesn't want to have a committee that investigates war profiteering of Joe Biden. He doesn't want to have a committee that investigates business holdings of the spouses and the children of elected powerful politicians. He doesn't want to be on a committee that would look at this scumbag, the gassy Swalwell, And say, gee, this is weird. This guy's on the Intelligence Committee, yet he was sleeping with a very well-known Chinese spy. He doesn't want to be on that committee, but he wants to be on a committee that weakens a resistance to the status quo of political power. I think Trump was wrong on many an issue, but where I loved him is he was the biggest threat to the biggest money-making schemes in our government. And that's why they have to malign, deplatform, and now crush anybody that would support him it's very simple Teresa on the north side hi Sean hi the COVID vaccine is a crapshoot just like the flu vaccine because of the different strains I I get the flu uh, shot every year and so far it's worked for me for years it has but I know people who gave up on it because they still got whatever strain was out there there's different strains I choose to get the flu uh, shot and I you and know, I'm I for no that choice with those who don't. I'm for I mean, that the choice. It's a killer, too. You know, make up your own mind. Don't let the government or anyone force you to put something into your body. Oh, careful. That you don't want to. You're starting to talk like a radical, Teresa. Careful. I know. How dare you speak of the idea that you are a, you are your own property? And how dare you refuse yeah. to discuss the collectivism and the fraud there in it? By pretending that there is some sort of a a utopia we can get to if we listen to the biggest scum among us. And let's say they're not. Let's say they're angels. You still can't get to it. And this is this is the flaw. But that is the truth. And people don't like the truth because it isn't easy. It doesn't have matter manners. It has risk. It has failure. It has the inevitable death, just like. Their socialist utopia does. Only they help you get there. 312-642-5600. Now you're talking, kid. Listen, I, I, I love Steve. Nobody likes him more than me. Get that rid of his, all of his music. All of it. Rip it out by the root. It's like socialism. I can't get along with that music. You know, I didn't even, I didn't even talk about... Uh, well, we don't have time. I need another hour. We didn't even talk about the Chicago nonsense, the utopia that is Chicago. 70. I think they hit 70, right? 70 with 12 dead. It's wonderful here. Come on down. I dare you. Ed in Midway. 
John, yes. how you doing, buddy? Good, brother. How are you? I grew up with Madigan's Word, and I know exactly how it worked. It was who your clout was, uh, come out and vote, you know, the precinct captains and the aldermen, and, you know, the, the bribe was a garbage can. Thanks. Come on out. We'll get you a new garbage can. Sell your you know? dignity. I'm in the same position, brother. I get it. We all know this. You know, you sell your pride. You sell your vote for a fracking garbage can. They, I, they would come to my house. Ed, when you come in the vote, I says, I'll be there. He'd come back, my precinct captain. I, I still know his name. I won't even say it. But No, I get it. Come though. on. We're waiting, we're waiting for you. I'll drive you. He would drive me over there. I would walk up. Here's all the guys in my neighborhood that grew up passing out pamphlets that got the city jobs. You know, they had like an army. Ed, I swear to God, you asked the guys I grew up when I go there, I start screaming at guys I liked. Get to, and especially when I moved to Elmwood Park. When I moved to Elmwood Park, I was looking for a fight. I would say to him, you think I need you, moron, who, who has to come and stand out here for your job to tell me how to vote? You moron. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can't stand it. I can't stand it. All these guys you hung out with in the neighborhood. You know, thanks for coming out. Ed. If you ever need a garbage can, just let us know. Give me a call. And then, Ed, how about the other thing? When the doors close, right, when they lock it, and the inside guys go, oh, yeah, oh, Mrs. O'Connor, yeah, she'd vote for me. Yeah, oh, yeah, Mrs. Betsy, she'd vote for me. How the nonsense that went on. And all of a sudden, we're supposed to pretend it has integrity. Why do you think, Ed? How the hell do they know I didn't vote? They're, exactly, because they're scumbags. I never thought about that until later in life. How the hell did they know I Exactly. Didn't vote? And that's why they got their little Marxist group, the People Party, the Hammer and Sickle Organization, and their ballot harvesting. When you got a bunch of real morons filling out ballots for people who have been in a home and have been, been in a cemetery. It's sickening, Ed. I appreciate the call, but let's not... Pre- this is the benefit you and I have, Ed. We grew up in the sewer. We know how, how the rats play. Thanks for the call. Tom in Blue Island. Sean, how you doing, sir? Good, brother. How are you? This, this scumbag, he's been sucking off the American tit for 40 years. How many times do you think he went to... Yeah, we had to... He, he, sorry, but it wasn't me. <laughs> you can't say that. You can't say the number one. Yeah, I'm sorry, Tom. But, you know, and the other thing is you got to be more clear. I mean, when he said that, that could include, like, I was thinking, like, 30 different people. And... Ten of those were Republicans. Candace, Mount Pleasant. Hi, Candace. Hey, hi, Sean. Sebelius is a skinnier Hillary who's telling parents that she will take away their kids or they should be taken away. Oh, you want me to talk? That stupid jab. Hold on, Candace. We are having a technical difficulty. You didn't go through because, Tom, we had to hit the button on him because he swore a little bit. And then what happens is there's a delay. So I have to entertain the people or they could all listen to Spanish flip. That's what I want everybody to do when we have no silence. It's a technical issue. You listen to Spanish flip. Now to Candace. Okay, Sean, I'd love to hear you raise. Can you hear me now? I could hear you now. It's like a commercial. Okay, Sebelius, is, to me, is just a skinnier Hillary. Um, and she's Ooh. very low-key. And she is telling the news, the media, that if parents don't get the jab, they should have their kids taken away from her. So I went online oh. and I looked her up, her website. Sebelius Resources, folks. Is, look at her bio. She is on the board of, like, five healthcare companies. You don't think that's a conflict? And then she's co-advisor... Uh, she's on advisory boards of like six companies. This is a great lead-in for Make Me Believe Monday. This is great. Go ahead. Yeah. So she's CEO of Sebelius Resources, which to me looks like a racket, if you ask me. And I think, listen, when we were all on Twitter and we would get really angry about something, conservatives, we had so much power. We would go on there. We'd all complain about the same thing. And then all of a sudden, attention would get to that matter. And, and journalists would be like, yeah. yeah. And you know, so we need to do that about Kathleen Sebelius, who is totally bullying parents. I love it. And I'm sick of these people. And it's time these elites, it's time to shine a light on them. They're cockroaches, and we should shine a light on them. I love when girls get mad. It's so nice to hear that kind of yelling and that tone, not directed at me, and then followed up by get out. It's refreshing. I'll be back. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, 
With personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Although I enjoy the landscape of our great country, it's not about that to me. It's a philosophy. America is a philosophy. It's an idea. It's a recognition of the enlightenment, the idea that man is not a slave to a government, but he is his own property. It's taken 245 years, but through different policies, we've managed to destroy that. When I want to talk about it, I enjoy talking to policy scholars like Thomas Fiery, who is a senior fellow at managing editor, the Cato Institute's magazine Regulation. Thomas is a renowned political scientist, and above all, he is a philosopher. Thomas, thank you so much for coming on. I truly appreciate it. Thanks, John. That's a, that's a very nice uh, introduction. <laughs> well, you know what, Thomas? I think we lose this when we get pulled off into different policies. I hate to be called something I'm not, which is part of a political movement. I am, moreover, what I think to be a, a, an American based in the principles of that. And we've completely lost that. I think we're down to about 0.05% of the population. It's almost like the deaths from COVID. It's very small. And we're a very few group of people. And um, we're losing every principle in it. And now I'm involved in arguments that I think both sides are wrong. And I have to pick my favorite tyrant. And I hate that. I hate it. <laughs> so, it's easy to do in this in these times. So it's important, you know, and you you really ninety percent of the people you meet want to have that good guy, bad guy versus principle and virtuous tyranny. And uh, there is no such thing to me. This is just a pretend story. And as I watch the current climate of what we're living through, it is someone selling me a virtuous tyranny that I hate. But I can always reflect on on the opportunity for us to survive it and in some cases profit from it. So I wanted to bring you on to talk not just the overall philosophy, but exactly what is happening in, in our economy. Sure. Sounds good. Let's do it. And you have written some articles that I find interesting. Now, um, I also was a commodity trader for years, and I happened to be a real estate broker in my second career. As a real estate broker, I'm being told by novices that this is some sort of a bubble versus what I believe it to be, which is in certain areas a flight to quality issue, along with an inflation hedge among not just people anymore, but this idea that hedge funds are diversifying and going into single family rentals, which normally I would be happy with, but now it is at government control and I'm concerned about it. It's, there's a lot going on, and it's very hard to untangle. Um, I think you're absolutely right that there, you know, part of this is a concern about inflation. Uh, you know, when you when you are expecting inflation, you want to put your money in assets. Some people uh, run to gold and and and, and kind of the traditional uh, commodities. Uh, I think more sensible people uh, run to equities because then you get not only an inflation hedge. Uh, but also a um, you know an, an equity that that is uh, appreciating, um, but people are looking at houses and thinking, well, you know, houses tend not to lose their value. Of course, we we heard that before back uh, oh what 15 years ago, and we saw how that worked out. But I remember at the time because I was I was home shopping uh, house shopping in you know 2005 2006 and and. And I was, you know, very frightened off by the prices, and and didn't buy at that time. Uh, but you know, people kept telling me, "Oh, well, you never lose money in housing." And <laughs> and you know, all one needs to do is look at history and and see, you know, yes, there actually have been housing bubbles and collapses. Uh, there has never been a nationwide one, and and in some ways even a global one. Well, not global, but but uh, you know, a few different other countries, as there was. Uh, over that time period, but you know there have been plenty. You know, Boston had a very famous uh, housing market crash. Uh, DC had a housing market crash in the late '90s. Uh, you know we've we've seen house prices are like anything else. People get excited, they get bid up, and then for various reasons they they uh, 
they, the prices go down. The city may not be such a good place to live, or uh, in the case of 2006, 2007, 2008, when we had a gas price spike as we reached the end of an energy cycle, um, people living out, you know, who bought houses way out in the far suburbs suddenly couldn't afford to drive back and forth uh, from uh, to work so easily. Uh, and, you know, so it's, it's always the economy, as you know, yeah, it's interesting you said that you've worked both in commodities and as a real estate person. You know, there are all these different interactions between different markets, and trying to keep track of them in your head is sometimes hard to do. I mean, when we look backwards, we can, we can say, well, obviously, if uh, gas prices spike, that's going to make life miserable on people, you know, these commuters who have bought these brand-new houses out in the suburbs. But in 2005, 2006, people weren't thinking that way. Well, we also have the added caveat, right? So here's what I think. We have the added caveat of a government that through incompetence or deliberance is destroying the dollar. I believe it to be a deliberate act, a very, very um, power-grabbing, a power-hungry collectivists to destroy the dollar in hopes to be gods among men, as most socialists are. Right? So they're little demigods. So you cannot tell me that in a year where you've had an, ec- an economy turned off like a light switch, very selective lamps you've left on, but the room is dark, and you've printed of that valued currency, that agreed-upon currency, $9 trillion that you admit to, you have, you have bastardized the Fed and different organizations to also underwrite a very Keynesian-infused stock market, that people who of, are of some, some means are not flocking to very select real estate in, in two factions, a flight to quality to live the best part of their lives, number one, but number two, to protect their assets in a very unstable, very uncertain time among people who are, for that most part, the sophisticated savers that are normally the ones that would fund a private market and a private economy. So I think we've got a lot of unknowns going on, and I think there is not going to be a blanket answer for these, this very unusual time we're in. So I think, in other words, South Florida and various parts of our country that are desirable, will continue to maintain and climb while urban hellholes like the sewer of Chicago will implode. What do you think? Well, another thing that we need to keep track of is it's unclear to me anymore just how much the Federal Reserve can control long-term interest rates, even though they are buying, you know, long-term assets, you know, they're buying them like crazy. And the reason is there's so many U.S. dollars, you know, that we've, uh, that we've, you know, sent abroad, not just to China, but to Japan, elsewhere. Um, and they need to do something with that money. They need to, to, you know, no one, no one collects U.S. dollars to use them to stuff their mattresses or, or to wallpaper their houses, right? You can ultimately only do two things with a U.S. dollar. You can either then take it back to the United States and buy something, or you can lend it back to the United States. And in long term, you get even more U.S. dollars than in return. So all of these people are holding on to money because, you know, all these, these people that we've sent dollars offshore to, and they are holding them ultimately, I think, because they do want to ultimately spend them back in our economy. But right now, because we're borrowing money, both government and people individually and corporations and everyone else are borrowing money hand over fist, you know, they're flooding that money back in to us. But there's so much money out there that I think it's re- it's reducing, you know, it has significantly lowered long-term interest rates. And there's tons of academic articles, there, there's tons of research articles trying to untangle, well, how much of the control of long-term interest rates connects, you know, to the Fed and the other central banks, and how much of it, you know, is, is the result of savers around the world being good savers. They're, they've sold their product to the United States. They have their dollars. They're going to spend it here sooner or later. But, you know, because they're not like us, because they're, you know, they're far more saving cultures, then they're lending it back to get interest. And is and you know, what is that doing to interest rates and, you know, versus what the Fed is doing? And, nope. and we, I don't, I follow, like I said, I follow that literature. I really, I don't have a 
clear bet myself over who's in charge. It's obviously a combination of both, but it does make me wonder if we get in control of one, what happens, you know, will, will we really be able to control everything overall because of the other? So, Thomas, I'm a street guy. I did not go to a school that would impress you. I was a runner at 18, and it was the crash the next week, and I fell in love with the idea that some knucklehead who looked like me made $70,000 when I would have robbed you with a spoon for 50 right? So I just became enamored with capitalism. I had a wonderful man, wonderful man, who was of a just took a liking to me and handed me books and his son was my age and he wanted his son to come and work with us. And he did. He was a great guy and he kept handing me books and he used to have an expression that I loved. And it was the one thing we know is that we don't know. And that was kind of like the speculators model, like all these different variants could come in and could, you know, change things. But you had to have that base of an honest currency, an integrity filled currency. We've destroyed that now. And we spent hundreds of years, really, let's say 150, of no competition, especially after World War II, right? For the first time, for the first time, other countries now who pretend to like us because we bribed them. But there is competition that we've never heard of before. I am bullish on some cyber currencies, but there, there will be a time when these countries who we've extorted into being our friend, Say enough already. We see what you're doing. And I believe like the actions of the federal government to um, take people who have gone into forbearance of federally insured loans and wipe off 25% of what they owe and pick them as the favorite. When you now have this massive growth of an entitlement state, more Americans on welfare and welfare making you live like you're a middle class person. I think these other countries are going to say we've had enough and we're going off the dollar. And if that happens, now it's chaos. That's what's interesting. Why do, at least so far, these foreign countries continue to value the the dollar as much as we do? I mean, because we'll kill them if they don't. Well, no, I don't even think that's the case. All all a trade deficit really says is that other people value our dollars more than we do. That's right. That's why I didn't like Trump's trade policy. (laughs) A trade deficit is great, not bad. Oh, I'm I'm all for. Uh, there was um, um, uh, Hal Varian, who you know, um, mm-hmm. I'm sure have read him, yeah. a great economist out on the West Coast. You know, one time explained the trade deficit in in the greatest explanation I've ever said, and I and I cheat and, and steal it all the time. I get credit. <laughs> That's all right. Um, he said, uh, basically, people send us valuable stuff, and we send them pieces of cotton, dirty money. But the papers. That's what cotton, you know, dollar bills are ultimately... Sturdy paper. Cotton. I love it. Yeah. Send them. And one of two things is going to happen. We either, that's the way it stays, and we get all this valuable stuff for cotton, for cheap cotton, or the money comes back and to buy our stuff, in which case there's no trade deficit, and we... You know, we get our money back. So it's win-win either way. <laughs> Tom, before I, because I, 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 I could talk to you for hours, as you could tell. I have to, we, I burned through the first segment. What's the name of the podcast? Because I've listened to it. I just can't remember it off the top of my head. I'm embarrassed. Sure. It's um, uh, our friend Caleb Brown at the Cato Institute does the Cato Daily Podcast every day. That's it. Just a nice little eight or ten minute uh, cut, you know, what's going on with someone at Cato. And this particular one was one he and I talked about the housing market. Uh, I wish I don't have the date right in front of me, but I can find it uh, over the break and tell your, your, caller, your listeners. Uh, I actually, I got it. It was on, uh, well, no, that was, uh, it was on June 25th, I believe. I believe Sounds about right. Yes. But anyway, I listen to it. I love it. Don't be mad at me, Tom. I could talk to you for hours. I do have to uh, go to break. I apologize. Thank you so much for joining me. Tom Fiery, Cato Institute. And I highly recommend you check out his podcast and his articles. And above all, it is one of the last places where Americanism and capitalism are embraced and, and, and really um, touted. So I love it. Please keep up the good work, Tom. I so appreciate Thanks, it. Sean. Always a pleasure. Thank you. We'll be back later with your comments. Hey, so for those of you that know me, you know that I do not endorse things I don't believe in. I don't take positions that are popular. I take positions that are my own and factual. So when I uh, got in the radio game, it was crucially important that in my contract, I have it where I do not have to endorse products I don't believe in. So when I 
am introduced to a product that I do believe in. I'm excited about it. And I'm excited about Nature and Healthy Trinity. So I wanted to get the founder on. Her name is Natasha Trenev. And I wanted to bring her on because during our meeting, we had a conversation that I thought was very, very important and very relevant to the time we're living in now. So I wanted to bring Natasha on. Thank you so much for joining me as you are the mother of probiotics. Thank you. It's a title I enjoy having, and uh, it uh, involves 53 years of teaching people about fermented products and introducing natural-style Bulgarian yogurt to the U.S., uh, kefir, uh, liquid acidophilus, and then finally introducing the whole category of probiotics because I found out that this is probably the most important concept of the 21st century. I never really took vitamins. I really didn't. I eat organic. I take care of myself. I work out. And I never liked the idea that these products sat on a shelf waiting to be bought. What I really liked about your product is the way that I received it and the instructions that came with it. Can you tell the people about that, please? Right. Well, you know, uh, probiotics are uh, beneficial bacteria, and we need to keep them alive and undamaged. They can't, you know, be shoved around and put in hot places because they'll grow and die because uh, they're not in a dynamic system like your GI tract. So in order for them to do the best job for you, you've got to do the best job for them. And that's why I'm still in this field. I introduced the whole field of probiotics. Let me tell you, I've done my homework. I know which bacteria are the best for human health and that are safe at any level. And then I met their criteria so that they can do the work that we need them to do, which is help us digest and absorb our food so we can fuel our body, make sure that they're aware of the immune system function and supporting and uh, showing the way to the immune system, how to protect us, and how to interact with our second brain, which is in our gut. Those are all the things that I considered before making this product. And I can just tell you from sitting for 10 years on standards committees with the health food industry uh, that it's required for good probiotics to be refrigerated. Otherwise, you're going to have damaged goods. Now, what's the normal transformation that you experience? I know what I experienced, but I'm curious to know if if it's the normal reaction to Nature and Healthy Trinity. What is the normal reaction to it? Well, the normal reaction is, gosh, I didn't know I could feel so good. Or, gosh, the first time I don't feel, you know, tired or my stomach is not aching when I eat food and uh, my hair is growing better, my face looks better, my skin looks better, uh, everything in my body looks better. Is this related? And I said, yes, because the bacteria have a symbiotic relationship with us and they're there to help us make sure that our body is functioning properly and that every year when our whole body cells are replaced, that they're replaced with good cells that make us look good. Now, see, I was quite attractive before I started taking it, so I didn't notice that. But what I did notice is that I'm not as hungry as I was. I mean, it is really something. I'm eating less than I did prior to taking. Is that normal? Yes, it is normal because if you are uh, fueling your body instead of just feeding your body, uh, you, you when you just feed your body, you're going to feel hungry because the food is not being converted into fuel. And so that way you have better caloric uptake and better, better caloric use that your body is now using the calories instead of storing them. Now, I have to confess, even when my kids were little and I'd buy them something that had to be assembled, I didn't, I didn't read the instructions. I looked at the box and I put it together. So I didn't really read the proper way to take this. So I'm taking it every day. Is that the way you should take it? Uh, yes, you can take it right in the morning, uh, you know, with uh, filtered water that's unchilled, preferably, and take one at night. It depends on your lifestyle, but usually right before breakfast or when you get up is fine, or right before you go to bed is fine, depending on how your needs are during the day and how your digestive tract works. But there's no bad way to take it. You should take it and not forget to take it. But the best way is to do it either at morning and at night, and if you could take it twice a day, Uh, even better. Now, 50 years ago, when you started the company, this was not something that was really uh, in the public eye. It wasn't, we weren't that kind of health conscious as we are today. But this is really something that your family has been in this industry for generations. Isn't that right? Absolutely. Uh, My father's Macedonian and the production of yogurt and cheese was in our family for 750 years. My father was the official court supplier to King Peter II in Yugoslavia. And we had to flee the country because of uh, the communist rule that was threatening to have my father executed. 
And so we came to this country and nobody really knew what the heck we were talking about. I was still in high school when I was trying to help my father uh, start his uh, yogurt and liquid acidophilus business. And I guess the rest is history. So you're really Americans because you came here for the American dream and to really kind of flee the collectivism and the communism and socialism that is so popular among the world today. Isn't that right? Oh, absolutely. I love this country. You know, English is my third language. I came here when I was eight years old, and it was my parents' dream and my dream. And uh, this country has done tremendous things for our family. We started with nothing and built three different companies, and I think that's only possible in the wonderful United States. Natasha, I have to tell you, I, I, I do love the product, but I love the story behind the product. I love the people that make it. I love the idea that you seize the American dream. You've become not only successful, but you deliver a product that works to the people. So I want to thank you. I really do. I want to thank you for, for doing everything you do and for supporting um, stations like this and people like me who share that American appreciation and vision you do. So thank you very much for joining me. I so appreciate it. It's my pleasure. And look, let's all support this wonderful country. I love it. I love what it stands for. There have been problems, but hey, you know, let's make the best of it and not try to destroy something that's so beautiful. Natasha Trinev, Natron Healthy Trinity, thank you very much for your product and thank you for your story. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. My, my pleasure. Have a wonderful day. Will you tell these fools I'm not crazy? Make them listen to me before it's too late! Believe Monday. The Rand Corporation, in conjunction with the Saucer People. Thank you. Under the supervision of the Reverse Vampires, are forcing our parents to go to bed early in a fiendish plot to eliminate the meal of dinner. We're through the looking glass here, people. I was fighting the power and breaking conspiracies before you saw your first chemtrail, you punks. what you want. Oswald was not the single shooter. Sorry, didn't happen. I got a lot of stuff that I was way ahead of the game on. And I'm ahead of the game on this. Now, listen, we got some open lines. 312-642-5600. I saw this commercial over the weekend and I immediately sent it to Misty. This is not a conspiracy theory, in my opinion. I like to spot what is going to happen. After being postponed because of health for the first time in history, the Olympics and Paralympics are back. Watching the success of our athletes will once again give the impression that America is the healthiest country in the world. We aren't. But we can be. We have the science, the medicine. We have everything we need. We just need to make health a priority. Because our collective health is too important to take for granted. Our collective health is too important to take for granted. This is from, I believe it's, uh, is it Eli Lilly? I think they just call it Lilly Pharmaceutical Company. Which, by the way, profits are through the roof. And I'm thinking about all of the pharmaceutical companies that promote all of the nonsense. I'm depressed My anxiety is through the roof. Bunch of teenagers talking about anxiety. Shut the hell up. It's ridiculous what we've turned this country into. That's not a conspiracy in my opinion. That's a fact, Jack. Turning your kids over to these... It's pseudoscience. It's nonsense. Take a pill for this. Take a pill for that. In the meantime, what happens? You forget how to grow intellectually. Forget how to solve your own problems. It's a pill for everything. Before you know it, you're 70 years old, you got rubber gloves on, two masks, and you're afraid of the sun. Kind of like that lady. It's not a conspiracy, it's reality. We've been uh, subverted intellectually by these frauds, snake oil. It's just ridiculous what's happening here. How parents are telling teenage girls, you're depressed, you have anxiety. You know what, let's get you on some medication. We let teachers tell us our kids have ADD. Instead of the fact, maybe they're just bored with your fat derriere and they know you don't care about the information you're telling them. It's not a conspiracy. It seems to be a reality. It's, sadly, it's our reality. David in Riverside. All right, Sean. Um, I'm not sure if this qualifies for conspiracy, but it's because this has been well-researched by me. So here we go. Uh 
John Kerry, uh, his DD-214 from his discharge from the U.S. Navy, uh, was uh, amended seven years after he left the service. And on his amended DD-214, it's usually the signature of a commanding officer who signs off on his on his discharge. Right. And his amended discharge is signed by Jimmy Carter in 1976 or, or 77. So why do you ask that? It's because in 1977, John Kerry wanted to run for the attorney general of Massachusetts. But unfortunately, you have to be honorably discharged from the service to run for that highest uh, legal office in Massachusetts. So as a favor, they brought John Kerry, the young, upcoming JFK, and had Jimmy Carter personally amend his D214 because my theory is he was actually less than honorably discharged for his activity in uniform while he was, uh, you know, when he left Vietnam, he violated the, uh, the uh, code of uniform code of, the conduct of naval officers, and so this is the man we got. I love it because uh, this carries a real roach. In fact, his first wife was a melon. Most people don't know that. He then went on to marry a Heinz. So you want to talk about marrying billionaires as a hobby. His stepson was the is the partner for Hunter Biden in the Seneca, Rosemont Seneca. I believe that this is collusion. You have convinced me, David, <laughs> from Riverside. I'm all in. Absolutely and totally true. Carries a roach, and I believe he's capable of anything. Jimmy Carter, the peanut farmer, happens to be president and signs the docs. I tell you what, that's like Chicago clout. It's like Daly giving you a contract to clean the offices at City Hall. <laughs> All right. Joe in Dundee. Yeah, Sean, you know I worked at the Merck, and I worked the IMM, and there was Fed intervention probably bi-weekly. I worked the Swiss franc Canadian dollar and stuff like that. But my, my point is, is that uh, I believe the Fed right now wants a weaker dollar to try to compete with the Chinese yuan. But what uh, what I think is well, that why would they want? I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you on the half of the premise. But when you say compete with the one, why would they want to compete with the one when the, the American dollar is seventy percent of world currency? The one is two percent. Why would they want to compete? I, 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 that's where you lose me. Well, because because eighty uh, percent of the products uh, are made in China now. It doesn't matter. We take advantage of our currency spread and the and the value in it by dominating the one. So I, I get the first yeah. part of your premise. I'll give you the fact that the the Fed wants to create inflation and, 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 and depreciate the dollar because they want to be able to increase the debt until a Republican gets in to then raise the, the interest rate and, and create a recession. So that would have been a better thing. So I'm going to say no. You forgot the last part. All right. That's the best note. 312-642-5600. I will take the rest of the conspiracies, although I'm going to tell you, I think they have more validity than anything the mafia Marxist Democrats are selling us about Bidenomics after this. All right. I'm going to do another one. It's my show. I'll do what the hell I want. 312-642-5600. You see that um, this feeble fascist, this moron, 50 years, he has never been right economically about anything but he makes himself look like uh milton friedman when you talk foreign policy with this dope he's been wrong on every aspect he's wrong all the time but what he did understand is that trump seized popularity by understanding that the american people were disgusted with the loss of our children boys men in the endless needless wars Fought by the war profiteers, we call them Cheney and Bush. We underst- he understood that the, even the Republicans were sick of buying the taglines we were being sold and the idea that trillions of dollars had to be funneled into these really hopeless areas that we created for the most part, specifically when we implanted Saddam Hussein, George's dad, when he was in the CIA. Thought that was kind of stupid. And then the grudge they had and then the way it played out. And then all of the chaos that went along with it. From Afghanistan to the rest of it. So now Joe Biden is pretending 
to pull people out of Iraq. I wanted you to hear this. Hang on a second. If you want to talk about Iraq, ask me a question about Iraq. How many troops would you like to see in Iraq? Um, uh, Iraq by the end of this year, and how does the relationship changes? Considering this is the last strategic dialogue that you have with Iraq at the Minister? This most recent dialogue you had. Well, we've been talking a lot. Our foreign ministers, our our cabinet members, have been talking. We're looking forward to seeing. Uh, an election in October. We're working very hard with the Iraqi government to uh, make sure the UN and the GCC are, we have oversight that these are full and fair elections. That's the conspiracy. See, what they've done is break it and now they own it. They want to pretend to be compliant with the imaginary UN, which is made up of countries we bribe to pretend to be our friend. He is going to make it look as if he's pulling out our military while deceiving the public as he finances mercenaries who will be hired through the same mercenaries that the George Bush and company understood you could hide all of the failures and the data and the real devastation to both America and the countries were pretending to help by killing them. That policy will continue. And he can also furthermore hide what the American left discovered under the Obama years. That their carpet bombing through drone strikes resulted in over 90% fatalities of innocent people. He can sweep it all under the rug through privatizing a war that they, the government and the war, war profiteers in it will continue to profit from to the tune of millions as they hide the costs in the black budget of the CIA. Conspiracy or truth? I'd let you be the judge. Three, one, two. Well, you can't. We're running out of time. But I'm going to leave you with that. You be the judge. That's more than a conspiracy. That is a culmination of the facts that the American people have been averting their eyes from through numerous administrations of both parties. That is more than a conspiracy. It's our reality. I'll be back in 22 hours. Make fun of me if you will, but only until history proves me right. I'll be vindicated by history. I'll be back.